Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hello there, everyone. Another beautiful day in Charlotte, North Carolina. I just love my view looking out this window taking this time to be with all of you. I get to look out the window and watch all of the seasons change as I record these podcasts. Today, we are continuing our series in Abide, and I will review for you where we are in that series right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Okay, everyone, I had to actually write down where we are in the series because I think I messed up what I meant to say at the end of the last podcast episode. This is a six-part series entitled Abide. I did an introduction slash contextual study of the specific passage, John 15, 1 through 17, as an introduction, and then there are four parts in between And we'll wrap it up with a conclusion and application. So it's six parts, but I'm calling the four parts in the middle, part one, two, three, and four, four, which means that it's very confusing. And I apologize for that, but that's where we are. And since that's what I put on my podcast calendar, I wanted to get it straight. So again, we did the introduction where we talked about John 15, 1 through 17. We outlined the whole book so that we could put that passage in the context of that gospel. Then we talked about the first of four Ps. We looked at the practice of abide. Then we talked about what it looks like to participate in abide. Today, we're going to look at what it looks like to persevere 
in Abide. Next time, we're going to talk about the purpose of Abide, and we'll wrap it up again with the conclusion, some application so that you can actually see what it means and abide. So we're that's where we're working to. And today, again, we're looking at the persevere component of this idea of abide. And this is really, I think, the meat of it, right? So once we've responded to God's invitation to participate in what He's already doing, what is actually available to us? What does it look like? What does it look like to persevere? Because it's easy to start abiding. <laughs> That's super easy. Just like it's easy to start most of the projects that I have to do around my house. So I don't know if you're like me, but I am a really good starter. Really, really good starter. I've actually come to believe that that's true for most all of us, is we're really great at starting. What's hard is the middle part, the part right after starting. You know, we're so enthusiastic. You buy the gallon of paint, you're going to paint the room, and it's so exciting. The, the tough part's right after that first part, and that is the middle part till you get to finishing. And that's what, after you've responded to God's invitation, after you've RSVP'd, now you have to actually roll up your sleeves and get in it. And this is the part that you and I know as the persevering, or what I'm going to do, What the word I'm going to use today is endure. Endure. Once you've decided that you're going to abide, once you've responded to that invitation, you say, yes, I want to abide in Christ. That is what he's called me to. I see the benefits of that. But what does it look like to continue on in abiding because that too is a decision and it's what we refer to as endure endure and so what does it mean to endure it means to carry on to keep on to persist to continue to persevere and this is the hard part it's like in the beginning of the year back in January right right after the first of the year and everybody's got their new year's resolution right If you go to the Y, guess what? Everyone's at the Y because it's the first of the year and they've made that resolution again. But look, if you hang tight, right? Right about March, April, May, the numbers are starting to taper off, if not before then, because it's in the enduring. It's in the keeping on, keeping on, still getting up early, still going after work, still, still, still. That is when it gets tough. And literally, this is what separates the men from the boys. This is the key, is that we would endure in abiding, not just start, but determine to endure. And I think you'll find, if you dare to read another book, so I'm giving you lots of homework in this series, I already invited you to read John, the Gospel of John, at least John 15, 1 through 17. But here's another challenge. How about the book of Hebrews? So the key words around the book of Hebrews, we don't know who wrote it. It's an anonymous book. Many people think it was probably someone closely associated with Paul, maybe Apollos, because it has sort of some Pauline feel and wording in it. We just, But we don't know, bottom line. But the theme is going from the milk of the gospel to the meat 
In other words, let's progress. Let's not stay where we were as infants. Let's actually mature. That's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. And in that book, there is very clearly a theme of this idea of what it looks like to endure, to endure. And if you'll remember in chapter 11 of Hebrews, because we can't cover all of Hebrews this time, but in chapter 11, we have what's referred to as the great hall of faith. And it's led by Abraham, who's called the father of the faithful. And why? Because Abraham endured. He kept on keeping on. He kept pursuing God. He kept trusting God. He kept being faithful when he couldn't see, when he didn't understand, when it didn't make sense, when everything else, every other circumstance in his life, in his specific circumstance, his age, right, pointed to the fact that he really wasn't going to have a son. And yet, God had promised him one. God had promised him one. And it says that Abraham believed, and it was counted toward him as righteousness. He believed God when it didn't make sense, and he endured. He endured. He kept on believing God. He dared to persist. He dared to continue. And he engaged in the meantime. We don't see when you read the biblical narrative of the story of Abraham found in Genesis starting in chapter 12 and continuing, you don't see a man who just sat around and waited for God to fulfill his promise. There are all of these stories in Abraham's narrative of him doing the next right thing on the way. In the meantime, while he's enduring, while he's holding on to the promises of God, you see Abraham continuing. He's standing firm. He's on guard. He's engaged in the lives of those around him as he's enduring. See, often you and I, again, we want it quick, easy, and instant. The enduring part is completely against our culture. We don't want something that takes a long time. We want something that we can have today or yesterday, right? But we're called to endurance. The writer of Hebrews even says that you have need of endurance. In other words, the writer is saying, look, for you to mature, you need endurance. We live in a fallen world surrounded by a bunch of sinners, including ourselves. Life here is hard. It's hard. And what we need is endurance. And if we dare to abide in Christ, in the vine, we are strengthened through that abiding such that we can endure. I'm sure that you have a story. I know that I have more than one story in my life of when I literally could not account for how I got through a situation. I I knew it wasn't me. I know I couldn't have done it. Even retrospectively, I really cannot account for having made it through that, except that I kept on keeping on. I kept on, even in the dark valley, even in the midst of the storm, I kept on determining to abide in Him. Even when I couldn't feel him, I certainly couldn't see him, I couldn't sense him. Those times in my life when I felt like I was free-falling, anybody? Those times, 
I kept on trusting, enduring, determined to take another step, to stand firm, to hold on to what I knew was true, even when I had no evidence of it in the circumstances that surrounded me. We endure by His mighty right hand. He holds us when we can't. Enduring is the process by which we build up strength so that we can hold on. And so often we, we think we're holding on only to discover that He's holding us. I remember a specific circumstance once upon a time, and I told somebody, if I ever write about this, the title is going to be, it's long, so wait for it, quick, get me some duct tape. I can't hold on any longer. And the good news is that He holds us as we dare to endure, as we dare to abide in Him. We'll wrap up endure and step into rest right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. So as we're thinking about this endure, I want to give you some other examples that you can think about because I think one of the things that's glorious about Scripture and also biographies and autobiographies of great men and women of God is they do inspire us. It is, it's such a gift, in my opinion, to have the biblical narrative with all of these fallen people that determined to be faithful and their faith was imperfect, right? But they continued to pursue God and they continued to abide in Him and they continued to endure amid terrible circumstances. I'm reminded about the passage in Hebrews. So I'm going to give you four passages about endure. And again, they'll be on the PDF study guide if you want to go over to rachelcarmen.com and pick that up. But this is after the Hall of Faith in chapter 11. We get this at the beginning of chapter 12. There's a therefore. So based on what you just read about, all of those faithful people listed in chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews says this, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, all of those people witnessing to the faithfulness and the goodness of God. 
surrounding us, those witnesses are surrounding us. Let us, three let us, let us lay aside everything, every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. See, we're called to endurance by focusing and remembering the fact that he endured the cross. He endured the cross. So the invitation here is that we run with endurance, remembering that he endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him who endured. Third time the word is used in these three verses. Consider him who is endure, who endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So the admonition is endure, endure, endure. And how do you endure? You endure by fixing your eyes on him, by remembering that he endured the cross. He endured the cross. And you draw your strength or enduring by abiding in him, by abiding in him. A couple of other passages. I don't know that I'll get to read all of them, but I want to call your attention over to 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 12. I love this passage. Again, this is included in Holy Scripture for our encouragement. Paul is writing here to the church at Corinth, and he says this, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power of of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. We are afflicted on every in every way, but not crushed, perplexed but not despairing, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in our body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. So death works in us, but life in you. Do you hear it? Paul is an example of one who endured. Here's Paul, the great spokesman for the gospel. This amazing conversion experience on the road to Damascus. He is proclaiming the good news of Christ. And yet, it was not easy for him. It was not easy for him. But he endured because he chose to abide. He constantly, if you read through his epistles and his letters, constantly, Paul is going back to, he is abiding in Christ. His strength is Christ. His source is Christ. His sufficiency is in Christ. That's his focus. And he endures all of these things for Christ because he is abiding in Christ. You can also look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 4 through 10, or I'll read this one to you. We'll go over to Romans 5. Romans 5, also written by Paul, he says this, therefore having been justified by faith, and remember the theme of faith alongside endurance are throughout the book of Hebrews. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained an introduction by faith into the grace in which we stand. Remember, the grace in which we stand. You want to stand? Grace is the key. Knowing the grace that we've been given is key. 
And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our, wait for it, in our tribulations. Knowing that tribulation brings about endurance. And endurance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Do you see it? This endurance, this endurance begats character, which begats hope, and that hope doesn't disappoint. I'm reminded of many of the great missionaries. When all the kids were home, we did a lot of read-alouds, and some of our favorite read-alouds were the YWAM read-alouds for all of the great missionaries and some of the, we didn't get to read all of them when all the kids were home but I still read them periodically just for the inspiration. You want to talk about trials? You can remember Jim Carrey who went to India and he translated the Bible into Bengali, Hindi, Sanskrit and several other languages. And then in one night all of his work, all of his dictionary work, all of his translation work, all of handwritten notes, this is before computer technology, before the cloud, it all went up in a small fire. All destroyed, no copies. None. I read one biographer that wrote that Jim simply took a chair to the edge of the jungle and just sat there for several days just staring in the jungle. I totally get it. Everything was lost. That is a trial. That is a trial. Everything is gone. And yet, Jim Carrey endured. It is said of him that one day he picked up the chair, went back, and started again. That's what it looks like to endure. There are no promises that because we endure, everything's going to be easy or simple. The point is that we continue. That's endurance that results in proven character. That's the endurance that proves character that engenders hope. Hope. I think of Corey Tim Boom with her sister, Betsy, who endured the hardships of the Nazi concentration camps. Terrible hardships. I remember reading about when Betsy thought that, uh, decided that she was going to thank God for the pestilence, all the gnats and everything that was in the bunks that they had to sleep in because it meant the guards wouldn't come in. You want to talk about an attitude. That's remarkable that she thought that is a positive because the guards wouldn't come in. And you know how Betsy endured and consequently Corey? They did Bible studies. They chose to abide in the truth that they knew despite their circumstances. And they endured. And they overcame. I think about Elizabeth Elliot and the loss of her husband on that beach in South America. The grief that she must have endured, endured that loss. And yet, it has proven her character, and it engendered hope in her. And this is the offer that you and I have. See, as we dare to abide, we gain the strength we need to endure life here, the hardships here, the trials, the discipline, the griefs, the loss, the woundings, the sadness, because all that's here. All that's here. All that is coming. 
But we need not despair. We need not despair. When we choose to abide, we can endure. But it's not just about enduring. It's about resting. So the first point, the first half of persevering is enduring. But the second part is what it means to rest. Because we abide, we have rest available to us. Now, this is a very, very familiar passage to you. But perhaps in this context, you can see it with fresh eyes. The invitation to rest is given to all of us. All of us. You remember in the Old Testament, way back in Genesis, God established the Sabbath, a day of rest, a day that you and I were given by God to lay aside the things of this world, to just put it down, to just step away from the honeydew list, from the to-do list, from all of that, and just rest, just catch our breath. And yet in our culture, 24-7, 365 culture that's just running, 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 they're exhausted. But you and I need not be. If we choose to abide, we also have the opportunity to experience his rest. But again, I want to ask you, what are you doing? Instead of resting, if you find yourself not resting, are you rushing, wrestling, wandering? What are you doing? Because Jesus offers us Rest. He offers us the opportunity to practice being present. Practice being still. Practice being quiet. When all the kids were home and we always had critters around um, when we were home educating. We had anoles. We had uh, baby squirrels a couple of times, it's true. And that was fabulous. We really enjoyed that. We had a dog. But we also had praying mantises as pets. And Every year in the spring and in the fall, we would also do caterpillars to butterflies. So if you know me, the butterfly thing is a thing for me. I've been doing raising monarch butterflies for a few years now, and so it's kind of a big frenzy in the fall around our house for that. But one of the things that we would do, and this may sound really odd, is in the middle of the breakfast table... We would put the critter container with the fresh parsley. This is for swallowtails. And as we were eating our breakfast, if you're really super quiet, you can hear caterpillars munch on parsley. I don't know that that's something you've ever done, but you have to be really quiet to hear that. Similarly, I don't know if there's something that you want to hear from God about some answered prayer, some request, some direction, some wisdom that you need, but I would propose to you that it is worth your time and investment to get super quiet. I did a retreat one time entitled um, Listening to God, and just sort of a spoiler alert, whenever I'm going to speak on something, whether it's the issue of abide or be still and know or remember and do not forget, whatever topic I'm speaking on, generally God teaches me through it. 
And when I was studying for this listening to God retreat, I remember I was trying desperately to listen to God. I was trying to pray and prepare for the presentations. These women were coming. They were expecting me to say something, right? And I was just on my knees. I was had my my concordance. I had my Bibles. I had everything. And I was trying to get my brain around all the people in Scripture that listen to God and how do we listen to God. And I kept praying and praying and praying. And I was so desperate to hear from God because I wanted I wanted to hear what, what do I need to know? What do I need to say? Can you give me order? Can you know? And I don't mean an audible voice. I just mean that you know that he's moving and he's speaking to your heart voice. And I remember one day as I was studying and we were getting down to the wire in terms of the time that the retreat was coming. And I just remember just really saying, Lord, please, please help me order this. Please direct me as I study. Please open my eyes so that I can see and my ears so that I can hear. And I just remember the inaudible whisper of the Spirit say, I want you to stay right here. You have been so quiet recently, wanting so desperately to hear from me. I want you to keep wanting to hear from me. I say that because that is part of the rest that we're offered, is this stillness and this quietness wherein we can hear Him. Too often, we can't hear Him in the rush of life. We can't hear Him when we're wrestling with Him. We can't hear Him when we're just wandering around, right? Sometimes it takes our physically disciplining ourselves to sit still and be quiet, and rest in him. Crawl up in his lap figuratively and just sit there on your front porch, on a blanket, on your sofa, and just sit there. A couple of days ago, I was walking around my porch early in the morning and there was this beautiful sunrise. And the first thing that I thought about was, I'm going to run inside and get my morning devotional book and I'm going to come here and have morning devotional. And I just sensed the Holy Spirit was like, honey, just sit here and enjoy the sunrise. You don't have to get anything. Just just sit here. Just enjoy this. I want to suggest to you that there is so much beauty this time of year, this spring. Every time of year really has its own beauty. And God is showing off to us. And He is inviting us to rest in Him, to just be still and know, to step out into His beautiful creation. And just be still and know. And just sit and be present with him and his beautiful creation where he's showing off these beautiful sunrises and sunsets. It's about to be spring in North Carolina and everything's going to come back to life. And my lilac is budding, which is very exciting to me. It's one of my favorite things in my yard. And and there's just going to be this array of beauty. And that's what it means to rest in him is not to miss that. Not to miss that. Again, the familiar passage, I got distracted there for a minute. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, come unto me, Jesus says. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Are you exhausted? Do you feel like you're going under? Jesus says, come to me, and I will, I will, not I might, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Walk with me. Jesus says, go the direction I'm going. Do what I have planned for you to do. Don't be wandering off and trying to chase the things of this world. Don't try to go your own way. 
Yoke yourself with me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will, you will, this is an assurance, this is a promise, and you will find rest for your soul. For, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is light. This is the rest that he offers us. This is the rest that is available to you and me when we dare to abide. When we abide. Because this invitation that Jesus extends right here, come unto me, is an invitation to abide. I am the bride, I am the vine, you are the branches. Come to me, Jesus says. Rest in me, not in the things of this world, not chasing after the things of this world. Do not think you can find rest in this world. Jesus says, rest is found in me. It's found in me. You and I need to rest in him. Rest in the fact that he's God's son. Rest in the fact that He's the Savior. Our sin debt is paid at Calvary. Rest in the fact that He is sovereign. Look, we all have life circumstances that swirl, sometimes that keep us up at night. Things just seem totally and completely out of control. You and I have the opportunity to rest in His sovereignty, that He's got it. Yes, we need to be prayerful. Yes, we need to seek Him and honor Him and obey Him and trust Him. Yes, yes, yes. We are invited to an active rest of trusting Him that He's got it. That He's got it. I love my 1828 dictionary. It says this under the definition of rest. It is a state of reconciliation with God. That's beautiful. This rest that is offered to us in the Bible is an opportunity for us to be reconciled to God, to remember who He is, to again refocus our eyes up on Him. Oh, that we would lean into God, that we would trust Him, abide in Him, because when we do, it changes our perspective. We get our eyes off of our life circumstances and back onto Him when we rest in him. Okay, I want to make sure I say this right. That was part three, persevere. Next episode, next time, we're going to look at the purpose of abide. And then in the sixth part of the six-part series, we will do our conclusion and application. Don't forget to go over to rachelcarmen.com and pick up the PDF study notes so that you can dare and go deeper. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast.
A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.